You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Presented by T-Mobile, the official wireless partner of Odyssey Sports. With an awesome network and great savings, there's never been a better time to join T-Mobile. Visit your neighborhood store to make the switch today. Ready! Buffalo Bills game day on the Buffalo Bills radio network. All right, here we go, here we go. We got to have a drive. 23 left, 23 left. Will. One, two, three. This is the Buffalo Bills overtime show. Here's Derek Kramer. Welcome in. This is the overtime show. Bills 31, Browns 23 as the Bills get themselves back on the win column, 7-3 on the season. Welcome to the overtime show here on WGR Sports Radio 550. Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman, we got no Nate today. He's stuck in Vegas with some food poisoning, which will beg the question later on um, how, how bad can it be and what are the worst foods you can eat in Vegas. So we'll get to that later probably, some sort of nonsense. However, Bills, 31-23 against the Cleveland Browns in what was one of the crazier weeks you could see, not just about the football team, obviously everyone out here in the area. So first and foremost, thank you all uh, for listening. And second of all, hope everyone has been staying safe, resting up from uh, the hectic week that has been. And, uh, and being able to enjoy a Bills game for a little bit for once. First half, not quite. But they did right the ship a little bit here. They got themselves steadied up and then got everything going in the second half. There is something, though, that has to be said. Uh, before I get everyone to be able to come in, I got to ruffle everyone's feathers first. I'm still a little mad. And that has to do with one thing in particular. This team stinks in the red zone. I There's a couple of moments in this game where I feel like it's like, okay, you figured out some play calling issues, but this team remains a problem with themselves in the red zone. Of course, they end up winning. They score 31 points. Uh, but, again, I'm getting sick of the failures in the red zone here under Ken Dorsey. The play calling has been bizarre, so to say. And it's going to be a long-term concern for this team if they want to really make some noise and do the real damage that they were expected to entering the season. Yeah, the defense sometimes gets banged up. And they're going to allow these things to happen a little bit here. Jacoby Brissett throws for 300 yards and three touchdowns. But ultimately, that hasn't mattered when this team is efficient in the red zone. They still have problems. Two of five today. In a game where they slept, walked their way to 31 points. Way too many drives are ending with Tyler Bass field goals or worse in the red zone. And before anyone says, what about Brian Dable last year? Well, guess what? The Bills led the league in touchdown percentage in the red zone at 66%. They were entering today's game at 52%, two of five today. More of the same. I, It's beginning to be where we dread getting into the red zone. 
and considering Gabe Davis's inconsistencies right now, their drives have had to get them in the red zone. Their drives have had to get themselves to finish off from 20 and in, and they stink at it for a good team. For a good team, they are not good at this. And that is going to be how you lose a playoff game at the end of the day. They need to prove a lot about being able to score in the red zone before we can go ahead and relax about it. But right now, especially after the last four weeks, that noise had better be coming and it better be coming loud. Because it's not going to be good enough at the end. This season for me has always been about get through the regular season and just get to the postseason, get me to January. But if the offense is going to be like this in the red zone, we're not going to be spending a lot of time in January together. I can't tell you more about my concerns of Ken Dorsey's play calling at this point because people are going to get sick of it. Even though I'm not on the air all that often. That's the part that's going to make it even more interesting. I'm not on the air very often. I'm the fill-in. But Ken Dorsey is showing me so far that he's not it. I know this, this team likes to promote from within. I know that this team believes in their own building. But right now, I do not believe in Ken Dorsey. I do not believe in the scheming that he has. I do not believe in the very inconsistent play calling where the runs become too predictable in the red zone. And they have one of the... They have a below average interior run blocking offensive line. They're great at getting outside, pushing people out of the way. And then they get to the red zone and they try to shove Devin Singletary into nine people. And they think it's going to work. Sometimes it does for a couple yards, but they never really break through all that often. Singletary did have that one touchdown. So credit has to be given where it's due. But oftentimes he has to break a tackle in order to get there. The run blocking inside is not nearly as good on this team. And I'm not sold on Dorsey. I can't be until they fix things 20 yards and in. Getting down the field, they have no problems doing that. Even then, sometimes there are some baffling play calls. But the main point here is that they are not going to be consistently able to beat the elite of the AFC if they can't finish. You have to finish. The defense is way too banged up these days for us to be able to trust them on a regular basis. The first half of the year was pretty good, but you also had health. Then the defense got ravaged by every injury known to man, and you can't rely on them. They're not going to be able to bail you out anymore. That is going to be my major concern going forward because until Tredavious White is capable of coming to the field, you cannot rely on this secondary to help you. Dane Jackson has had a really rough stretch of the pair of games here. And yeah, you could chalk one of them up to being, you face Justin Jefferson. Not a lot of people have a good time against him. But today, against Amari Cooper, 
And it wasn't just him. Benford has had a couple of issues turning around and facing the ball. Jackson has had a couple of issues turning around and facing the football, especially on these fade routes, when you know that that's how it's going to be. And that's going to happen when you're down to, for starters, your starting cornerback is your third and your fourth on the depth chart. Your starting safety last week was a guy that sometimes doesn't make the active game day roster. Injuries stink. The offense has to carry if they are the elite unit that they show that they can be. We need a little bit more, especially from the red zone from this team. They need to figure that out and fast. Because otherwise, it's not going to make it at the end of the day where it really matters. And yes, I know I'm starting off an overtime show with a win and I'm complaining about something. But it's locked in my head. And if you don't agree with it, fine. It's just a major concern because I'm thinking long term. I'm thinking about this team at the end of the season. Because the strangest thing is, is that when the Bills do mix in the running calls, they tend to get touchdowns. But they also have to do it the right way. The red zone has to be better. It cannot be this way if you want to get far in January. It can't be. And until you show me otherwise, (sighs) I'm going to have my doubts about Ken Dorsey going forward. And a lot of people will. And that stinks because we should be able to celebrate this team without having these questions. But the first half of this game looked like several of these games in the past three. It looked like the second half of Green Bay. It looked like the entire Jets game. It looked like the second half of the Vikings game. And then in the first half of this game, what do we get? The same garbage until the final drive of the first half. I'm concerned about January. You have to show that you are the elite team. And if you don't punch it in, if you don't get yourselves touchdowns instead of field goals, that's not going to be enough. I'm still not a thousand percent sold on Miami, but the way that they operate their offense, you got to finish with touchdowns too. Eight hundred three zero five fifty one eight 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 five fifty two five fifty. The Bills did win this game. We do have plenty of positives to get over on this. I just had to get that one off my chest because of the fact that I'm thinking long term about this team, because that's what we should be thinking about. This is supposed to be a championship run. Let's get into it, though. David, you're the first one on the Overtime Show. Welcome to the Overtime Show. Uh, Yes, thank you. Uh, I guess some of my disappointment is with the uh, Leslie Frazier. I know know he's dealing with a lot of injuries, so you you can't take away from that. But in general, this team, 
for whatever reason, has had some troubles. I mean, you, I mean, obviously that was a heck of a catch down there in Arizona a couple of years back. But there again, you got people in positions to make a play. Nobody makes a play. All right. Then, then you've got 13 seconds. We all know about that situation. Then you have last week. What was it? Fourth and 19. Nobody makes a play there either. Then today, Dane Jackson is seemingly in good position. I mean, he, I mean at, at a certain point, uh, it's got to be coaching. The, you know, the guy's there. He's just, for whatever reason, I don't know if it's coaching, getting you guys to get their heads around, getting them to bat down balls, uh, to, to get their arms in there and, and, and want to take away the ball. I'm just not sure. David, I appreciate that, and um, yeah, I, I I had some concerns about the secondary in that rant a little bit because they're not as reliable as usual. There might be a concern there about scheming, about, yeah, Dane Jackson has been solid through the first half of the season, and now it looks like it's kind of trickling in that, you know, he's not a starting corner regularly on this depth chart for a reason. And... That sometimes is just how that is. But you can scheme around that. Frazier has been operating this this defense almost as if everybody's there still. And that's clearly not the case when you can look at a record and take into it what you will. This is almost like a QB win stat sort of thing. But the Bills are 1-3 without Jordan Poyer in the lineup. And they're 6-0 with him there. That makes a difference. You can't scheme this defense the same way as when you have an all-pro safety back there. It's just not possible, especially with the amount of injuries that you have. Having blind faith in your corners or having blind faith in the safeties to be able to get over and make the plays in time, not everyone's Jordan Poyer. Not everyone's Micah Hyde. You can't run your defense like it's going to stay the same like that. You can't. It's not possible. And watching Dane Jackson getting torched these last two weeks, it makes you think there's ways you could scheme around this. Again, the injuries are crushing this defense. But that's why I turn my head back to how this offense has to finish these drives. Because if they can't do it, then you can't rely on this defense anymore. The injuries can be too much sometimes. They can be something of a nightmare. And they are. They are a bit of a nightmare. It is what's happening. It stinks. You wish it wouldn't be that way. 803-0551-888-552-550 to get in here. We'll move over to Chris. Chris, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome. Welcome. Thanks for taking my call. I totally agree with you about Dorsey, and I agree with David, too. It's totally situational calling I'm worried about. Yes, we did win, but we got to higher our standards, man. We got great personnel. Bean has done a great job to give us the personnel. We're far superior than all, all these other teams. I mean, the scheming and the play calling has to be so much better. To, for perfect example is back to the Vikings game when you got the ball on the one. How do you not even try to hard count it? You should have did the five other things before you even snapped the ball. Hard count it, take a penalty, uh, have some guys go in motion. Do, I mean, come on. We're not prepared for this situation. Dave actually nailed it. I mean, the only 
only the Bills does this stuff happen to. I'm sorry, I'm getting so hyped up right now because I'm passionate, and I don't want to waste the I don't want to waste the time that we have Josh Allen. He's the biggest, baddest dude in the league. Could you imagine if Andy Reid or Bianami had this guy stuff that they would be doing to him? He would be unstoppable. We would be finishing drives all the time in the red zone. Instead, Dorsey's got this vanilla offense, and I, I I'm losing my mind. My friends are like, we're winning, we're winning. I'm like, we should be bowing this team. Our personnel is so far superior. Same with same with Leslie Frazier. I mean, how many third and tens are we going to back up with soft coverage? Blitz! Make them get rid of it quick. When, when it's third and long, you make them get rid of it quick, dump it off underneath, and you get off the field. I mean, I can't. I, I'm, losing my, I'm losing my hair. we got to take advantage of while Josh is in his prime. I mean, come on. I really have concerns like you do. Everyone, everyone's got to raise their standards, man. We got a great team. We're going to blow it. We're going to blow it. I feel, like, I feel like McDermott is playing defense on Dorsey. I mean, you, you got a head coach that's a defensive guy, and we got a high-powered offense. I mean, there's a clash. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, you nailed it. I, yeah. You nailed it. You're, you're, I mean, kudos to you. I'm nodding my head over here listening to you in such agreement. I couldn't agree more. Thank you, thank you, thank you for bringing that up. Chris, I love the passion, and uh, the thing that you said twice in that call, we got to raise our standards, and that's where I'm at. Uh, My standards are there. They are... This is a Super Bowl run. This is a Super Bowl year. This is a Super Bowl team. It is a Super Bowl roster, even despite the injuries. Sometimes the scheming is not there. Sometimes you see these laughable moments from the Bills, and I'm not going to be there to agree with saying that all the dumb things happen to the Bills exclusively. I mean, there was almost one with the end on that onside kick. But, you know, this team does have a tendency to put other opponents away. And, yes, they technically win a one-score game here, but those ga- those touchdowns came late too. So we can't go ahead and poo-poo on it too much here because – Outside of the first half, offensively, they figured some things out, uh, except for the red zone. And defensively, they really did turn a corner until late in that game when they're just giving up things. And it, the outcome was still relatively well in hand until that last onside kick. So there is some credit where credit is due. For example, Nick Chubb had 14 carries, 19 yards today. This team does do a really good job of shutting down the primary offensive threat more times than not. Last week with Justin Jefferson, that might have been the first time that we've seen it since Cooper Cup Week 1, where the primary star of an offense actually got his way. Even Mahomes had some frustrations against the Bills this year. Tyreek Hill got buttoned up pretty well. They do a good job of targeting the primary threat and bottling it up. That said, there are some situations that they create for themselves that deserve scorn. And right now for me, that's still the red zone offense. It has to be better if you want to win in January. Raise your standards. Of course, they still did plenty of things good today. The run game was awesome. For a team that doesn't really rely on its running backs to put up those huge totals, they crushed it. They attacked Cleveland's weaknesses in the run defense, and they destroyed it. And to the coach's credit, it wasn't just Devin Singletary getting the football today. James Cook actually got going. They gave him the ball. 
There was actually a tandem going on here today. Part of this also has to do with the fact that Zach Moss is not on this team killing a drive with a two-yard handoff. But 20 and in, you have to be able to mix that in there. You can't just rely on Allen to do everything. And when they fail at those drives, it's always pass, pass, pass. Or forcing Allen to try to be a hero. Today, that didn't have to be the case. A quiet day from Allen, 197 yards. The Browns let you run the ball, so you ran the ball. And everyone was asking, why is Stephon Diggs not getting targeted until the last play of the first half? Lo and behold, it's a touchdown. Then they start moving the ball when they start targeting him again. I'm not sold on the old coordinator, and it gives me quite a bit of noise for concern, clearly. But we'll turn it around. We'll focus on some things that they did better. We will also continue taking your calls. Everyone on hold right now, there's five of you. Hang on. Let's get in on the other side. Let's talk about this. Let's raise the standard. Bills win 31-23 over the Cleveland Browns. And you can still not be satisfied. Both of those things can be true. We get it. We get more into it on the other side. But tomorrow on WGR, it's a Buffalo Bills football Monday presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com. Howard and Jeremy break down the game in the morning. Extra point show with Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker at noon. Then Chopin Bulldog take over at 3 o'clock and they get a visit from former Bill Eric Wood at 4. 8 o'clock, it's Monday Night Football. Westwood 1 presenting the 49ers and the Cardinals. Buffalo Bills Football Monday all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. TJ, we're going to go live to the locker room. And who do we have for this one? Kind of put you on the spot. That's on me. All right. How about we go with... Putting the power right back to you. (laughs) I did not expect a tennis match there. How about Matt Milano? We'll go. We'll hear from Matt Milano. Brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local Two Ten. Um, play good complimentary football. Start him in the category of de- de- defensive player of the year. Oh, right here, defensive player of the year, Matt Milano. Make sure y'all start saying that. All right. Yeah, it's tone early. That was our goal for the for the day. Were you just right spot, right time? Did you see that ball come out right yeah, away? Or? Um, defensive ends were setting the edge. Shaq, everybody, the whole defensive line. Tyrell stepped up and made some big plays. Everybody was doing their thing. When we needed it, they made a play. On downs, I mean, that was another big stop. You guys got one last week. You got one this week. Yep. Shaq came down, uh, made a huge play, stopped their momentum, and gave our offense some juice. Tell me about the uh, sack. Uh, nobody blocked me, so you got to make tackle. <laughs> And then third and, third and one and fourth and one. Were you expecting quarterback sneak on both plays? Yeah, they shown it. They have an 88% conversion rate, so we were expecting it. Um, he did it, got stuffed both times on it, so it's pretty the, cool to see it, see it work out. I'm sorry, what was the key to stopping Nick Chubb? You guys did a great job on him today. Yeah, I don't know. The defensive line did a, did a great job of uh, getting pushed back, staying in their gap, doing their thing. Um, Ed, everybody, DQ, the whole D-line, Tim, uh, Shaq, uh, Vaughn, every, oh, the whole D-line did a great job today. For you guys, you were one of the five guys that were sick on Wednesday. I mean, to come out, I mean, did you even know what you were going to be able to bring to the field? Like, I didn't know what was going on out here, but showed up and uh, got a dub, so happy with it. 
Be sure to catch Sal Capaccio as he takes you behind the scenes on a Bills game day with Sal's All Access Facebook Live. It's on WGR's Facebook page, brought to you by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. Segment two, overtime show, Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman. We got Zach Jones popping in here for a little bit as well as the Bills winning 31-23 over the Cleveland Browns in a game away from home. That was your home game. But nonetheless, the Bills take one away here at Ford Field. This was uh, this was a football game. It was it, it very, was definitely a tale of two halves. It was a tale of two halves. My which, Twitter account will tell you that. I mean, then there's also the uh, I got to get this one trademarked. The Nate Geary Bills roller coaster Twitter feed because I love Nate's. Twitter it's an all Bills game. It's an all ages show. Yep. You're, there's no height requirement. You get all the ups, downs, loop de loops, and corkscrews that you would with a normal roller coaster. And sometimes you'll get sick from it. But like this thing, like Nate warns you though, like going into every Bill season, he will warn you of like, don't take it that seriously. He's an emotional man. Like the thing is, is that you can't take every play and do that, buddy. Your Twitter looks he like he begs an EK- to differ. Your Twitter looks like an EKG chart, my guy. It does. No, it Stop. does. I get very worried for Nate watching a game, and, and a lot of times, like, so I, I produce the game, and Nate's and a lot he's of time, often with us. Yeah, he's, he's with us, and like watching Nate's reaction live to a lot of those plays, he's not really like BSing for a show. Like he's no. legit about it almost every time. Yeah, it's it's what's in his heart, and the problem is that, buddy, that's in your heart. I'm worried about your the wor- heart. The worst part is though, I'm not actually a good like. No, you're not as good. I'm, I'm not a good partner for him to like bounce no. things off of because I'm like, because you're, you're right. kind of the same. I'm almost the exact same way. Like a lot of like my family friends, ex girlfriends, like anytime you watch a sporting event with me, games it like, is it is a show. Games like these add to that irritation. Let's yes. be real Absolutely. here, though, because of the fact that it is just sometimes that's just how this is. The the team can be very frustrating, but this was going to be a frustrating year. It was going to be why? Because this is a Super Bowl team. Well, yeah, and, and also, uh, there's not a soul out there, I think, that thought they were going to go 17-0. Like, at, at the start of the season. There were points when you thought, okay, they can maybe they run might, the table Like, here. the first half of the but, season, they were like, mm. But to start the year, first everyone games, was like, yeah. all right, there's going to be some games in here. Number one, everyone always thinks of the games that will frustrate you, that you lose. You know, the Jets, Minnesota, Miami, we've, we've got those. No one talks about the, the wins that will frustrate you. The wins that do that. The today, wins that Today was you, a yeah. win that frustrates you. Even though, ultimately, for me, I found a lot more positives than negatives. I that, still needed to get that one off my chest. Yeah, oh, absolutely. To. But there's still points like because you, the, you mentioned it, the red zone offense. You can't because, be kicking field goals. You got to score the same touchdowns. thing is coming to my head. Every mm-hmm. game that this team plays, every game that this team plays, I'm still thinking of two words. Super Bowl. Oh, always. So like the expectation is different where it's like, okay, but they're doing this against the Jacoby Brissett-led Cleveland Browns. And Jacoby Brissett played well today, but the secondary did not. The Bills secondary did not. They had to play better. Josh Allen didn't turn the ball over, didn't look that great. In the first half, four for ten. Yeah. He looked much more improved in the second half, but in the first half, that left you a lot to be desired. But the Bills also scoring, finally scoring a touchdown in the second half. Absolutely. Also, like running the ball in the red zone is not is not a bad thing, and, and the Bills are showing that they're scoring in the red they're zone. They're capable when they run a lot of the times too, or even run just run outside of the tackles. Don't run inside to the guards. Outside of the tackles, Singletary does not have elite game breaking speed. Yep, but. Boy, can he can he attack a defense when he just gets out to that corner? And can, James Cook, yeah, he's can, got pop to his they game. They can cut and they can get outside, and you have offensive linemen mm-hmm. that are alarmingly mobile. Let's yeah. call it that. They're athletes. They're they're, 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 they're awesome. true athletes. They're awesome at getting outside and paving the way. Mm-hmm. You signed Roger Saffold to be a road grader. You know what he's really good at? Getting outside and destroying yep. people. 
and letting his running backs get into some space. I, for me personally, Morris and I know, and I know a lot of, of people. Oh yeah, but I, I know a lot of people. They like the inside ground and pound, just run at at, at the defensive line. And that's line what you got the push. first four games of the season when yes. Zach Moss would kill a drive. Yeah, for me, when me, when I want running the ball, let me get my athletic running backs to the outside and actually get them into a little bit of momentum. Let them actually pick up speed a little bit. You have guys, like, like perfect example is, is someone who had a career day today in his rookie year, James Cook. 86 yards uh, rushing on only 11 carries. He was spectacular today. I'm actually very but you thrilled. Get, you get that man going, it is a full head of steam. He is fast as hell, Derek. He, the other really encouraging thing, though, was for the first time today, you really got to see a respectable running back tandem. This it wasn't yeah, this, just this Singletary. actually felt like a running back by committee, and it's not like a bad thing to say. You have running back depth. Yep. They finally decided to use it today because more times than not, it's just handing the ball to Singletary and then letting Josh Allen gallop like the gazelle that he is. But yeah, today it was a little different in that sense. Like moving the ball between the twenties, they are still very adept at that. They're still very good mm-hmm. at being able to get there. It's just you need to clean this up. You need to clean this up because I have to keep thinking. Is this going to make it in January? Well, yeah, because no. that's, that's always going to be the feeling. I will tell you, though, another big positive for me. And I do feel bad that I've been overly negative to start mm-hmm. this show. Well, that's like, why you brought me on. Yeah, <laughs> yes, yeah, one of the roller coasters uh, of, of the station. But yeah. <laughs> I had to remember this, though, because, again, raise your standards. Mm-hmm. That's now, okay. Now, talking about raising standards, though, me and uh, Sneaky Joe DiBiase on the pregame talked about this guy in Dawson Knox and earning his contract mm. and really starting to cement his role with the roster. And with the offense, career high in targets and receptions with seven each, seven targets, seven catches, 70 yards. Didn't get in the end zone, but he felt like a safety valve today. Mm-hmm. A number of times. There was one, uh, we had a caller bring it up on the postgame show, and Allen did like an aggressive pump fake to the point where the camera yeah. did the full, yeah, he like, did the, it. Oh, jumped out of your shoes, and he just dumps it off to Dawson Knox. And that was like the third dump off he did to him. Yeah. But Knox has the athleticism to really and punish a cornerback that's covering him to gain those extra four or five yards that you didn't have with Cole Beasley. Sticks. Yeah, but you didn't have a Cole Beasley as a slot guy. Cole Beasley, we've talked about it. Number one, not the biggest guy. Number two, catch it, go down. That was his role, and he was excellent at it. Dawson, big as hell, hit somebody, and start moving. It's about getting those sticks, and those two players do it very differently. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Uh, like, Beasley would get to the sticks, know where to go, and then catch and fall forward. Knox will move someone to get forward. Absolutely. And then that gets you that first down. Mm-hmm. So it's a different skill set that allows you to be able to keep moving the chains. But once the chains are limited, that's when this team starts to falter. A little bit. I think, honestly, a lot of that, though, it, it does feel like it's a mixture of Allen pressing. He's He was much better today. And then also, I do think there's a little bit of lack of creativity from mm-hmm. Ken Dorsey's play calling. It yeah. does feel very vanilla. It does feel like he knows exactly who his great players are and doesn't necessarily know what to do with them all the time. He knows for a fact Diggs is maybe the best route runner in football. Him and Allen's connection is mystical at this point. And Allen yeah. is a unicorn of a quarterback. You he are, has been th- There are very few people. Downright amazing. Yeah, there are very few people that will ever have and the skill set of Allen. he didn't even get the ball that much today. No. But, hey, last play of the first half. Nailed it. You got the ball moving in the second half mm-hmm. to start out when you had the football. Guess what? That big, booming Tyler Bass field goal doesn't happen until Diggs, unless Diggs moves the sticks for you. Yep. Which is what happened on that drive. 
It was a very, very weird day offensively. I mean, again, mm-hmm. They end up with 31 points, but it did take six pass field goals. Yeah. And and a first half, which I, I know left most Bills fans going, the vibes are dead. Con- what the hell is going on with Congratulations this team? Congratulations on Tyler Bass winning special teams player of the week. Absolutely. Uh, with that being said, though, again, this team was 6-3 and three last year at the exact same point. Yep. And now they're 7-3, and three, playing Detroit. They've won three in a row, but you feel so much better going into Detroit than you would have even just a few days ago. And if you want to and if you want to stop any sort of complaining about the offensive coordinator, tell a bad defense that they're bad. Yeah. yeah. That would be a huge way to do it. Should I be like uh should I do the usual thing of of a GR host? I mean, you're already thinking it. Yeah, That's the thing. You're already thinking. Yeah, let's do it. We're going to go to Tom. Uh Tom, you were patiently waiting. This is the overtime show. Welcome. Yeah, hello. How are you doing? Hey, you know, um, I've calmed down. <laughs> How about you? <laughs> I'm just falling off the ceiling from last week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it, it, uh, last week had a sour taste. Go on. Uh, yeah, I was going to mention you kind of stole my thunder a little bit, but I <laughs> Sorry. think uh, Josh really misses Cole Beasley. Uh, I, Isaiah McKenzie uh, has been a pretty big disappointment this year, I think. Mm-hmm. And I kind of like to know: is, J- is Jameson Crowder is he on IR for the rest of the season, or is he eligible to come back? There was a designation to return. Appreciate the call, Tom. He does. He did have a broken ankle, though. So yeah. I, just, I like that's the thing is ultimately, even if he was designated to return at any point in the season, it's not for a while. That it's, is yeah, that is going to yeah. be a long injury to, to heal from. Tom, to your point with the whole missing Cole Beasley, I think that's why I've also brought up Dawson Knox is even a safety valve too. They are trying to replace that role. With somebody, I think they initially thought maybe Diggs as well, but Diggs cannot be the only guy catching passes. I mean, it is it is drastic the difference between catches and everybody else with Diggs and, and literally the rest of the team. It is, and, and now you're starting. You know, maybe today was was the start for Knox to maybe be a guy that can start being a volume receiver for this team. I would like to see it. I think he has the ability to be that guy. Yeah, I, I, again, it's it's going to be tricky to see what they're able to do going forward. Um, because the depth at receiver was not nearly as good as we were hoping it could be. And it was a question mark going into this season, and it is here again. By the way, that cliff that you're talking about, uh, Dawson Knox today, thanks to his performance today, moves into second on the team in receptions with 31. Diggs has 76. It's it, that's it's. I don't want to say it necessarily has to get closer. Diggs is still an elite receiver, and you're not going to take away touches from him. But like but Tom somebody's said. got to grab that second role. They have to because I, I look. It's not Davis. It's not Gabe Davis. He had a big drop today as well. I'm frustrated by it. I'm somebody, he had the drop on the onside kick. That was. I don't want to talk about it. My heart went through so many palpitations <laughs> that I thought I needed an ambulance. I, I, yeah. My right arm started to hurt, and then I was like, "Oh, it's the left. We're good." But oh, it's the left. But Davis, it's frustrating, too, because I'm somebody that did think Davis was going to have the pop this year. But I jokingly said to you, too, on Twitter, like, I'm going to have so many wide receiver write-ups again this year for the draft. I'm going to do it again. And this is why. The cookie cupboard cannot be empty. Yep. You cannot be a Diggs injury away from your passing game going kaput. You cannot have that. Yeah, and that's the dangerous aspect of all of this. If you're on hold, I appreciate you guys being there and being patient. We'll get one. We'll try to sneak one in on the other side here. And get ourselves back to it. More of the overtime show. Derek Kramer, Zach Jones, TJ Luckman. This is WGR. Allen puts McKenzie in motion over the right side. Now the snap. Josh wants to throw. Scans the end zone. Fires him in. Don't got a man wide open. It is caught. Touchdown.
touchdown Buffalo. Touchdown Bills, they take the lead with 14 seconds left in the first half. It is Stefan Diggs targeted and one catch and it goes for a touchdown and a Buffalo lead. First target for Stefan Diggs in that game. It was a touchdown and it made it count as the Bills were able to double dip en route to their 31-23 win over the Cleveland Browns, taking the lead and never looking back from there. This is the Overtime Show. Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman, Zach Jones popped in and out uh, with us as well. Eye on the quarterback, brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems, our business is protecting your business. And Josh Allen's business today, just be good enough here today. They didn't need Allen to be the world ender. And 197 yards, one touchdown on 18 of 27 passing. And more surprisingly, three carries, seven yards. By a lot, he does not lead the team in rushing. Today was the day for Devin Singletary and James Cook. They were awesome today. The Bills showed that they have some balance to their game. And, again, it wasn't even the prettiest 31 points, which is the strangest thing to say. I owe Jonathan to get him on here, so I'm going to blow past the break. He's been he's been patiently waiting. TJ saying he's shru- he's like shaking his head, and now he's nodding. So uh, the, the part that understands it, the part that's like, yeah, he's been waiting for a while. So, but also, uh, I hate go, you. Go for it. Go for it, <laughs> Jonathan. You're on the overtime show. What's going on? Hey, thanks for the show. Um, I'm the eternal optimist. Um, there are some reasons why st- I understand your concern, but I mean, I, we've shown we beat Cat, we can beat Kansas City, and I'm looking forward to Jadavius White back. So I'm, I'm hopeful that they could make a Super Bowl run once they're healthy. But yeah, I do echo your concern about um, Ken Dorsey and how disheartening it is to repeat the same mistake that cost the Super Bowl last year. So if the Bills don't win the Super Bowl this year, then they need to get either like Frank Reich or Sean Payton as a coordinator. May, maybe try something this year, but. Yeah, they really need to target those guys if he costs the Super Bowl yet again. I'm optimistic for the defense, but, yeah, I'm really concerned this coaching staff. Yeah, Jonathan, thanks for the call. And, again, I, I started out hot. I started angry after a win. And, honestly, to me, though, it's just that it, was the, it wasn't an impressive 31 points. Um, Tyler Bass is a shoe-in for uh, AFC play, Special Teams Player of the Week. Nice job. Because Cordell Patterson, luckily, plays in the NFC. Um by the way, before we go ahead and we kick over for, uh, we'll go with Tyrell Dodson, by the way, uh, for TJ to be ready with. But tomorrow on WGR, it's a Buffalo Bills football Monday presented by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at Northwest.com. Howard and Jeremy break down the game in the morning. Then it's the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker starting at noon. Chopin Bulldog take over at 3 p.m., Former Bill Eric Wood stops by and talks to Mike and Chris at 4. Then at 8 o'clock, it's Monday Night Football. Westwood One presents the 49ers and the Cardinals in an NFC West tilt. Buffalo Bills football Monday, all day tomorrow on the home of the Bills, WGR Sports Radio 550. Let's go live to the locker room. We'll hear from Tyrell Dodson. It's brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210. What was the key to stopping Nick Chubb today? You guys did a great job on him. This this playing de- uh, defense as a whole, you know what I'm saying? Everyone's staring in their gaps, using their hands, getting off the rock, and Stopping a run. I mean, that's hard, that's hard to do against Nick Chubb, but nothing's too hard when we play as a defense. How 
much easier does it make it when you have a guy like Matt playing the way he is and being able to play off each other today? Yeah, man, Matt's an excellent player. He's also an excellent leader. I mean, he's just always around the ball. I think he, I think he has like a chip or magnet in his shoulder pads that that he has the ball. I mean, always around the ball. But um, Matt's a good leader. He, he studies film. He knows plays that's coming on third down and first and second down. But I'm just I'm just happy that um, um, I get to step up and play and play next to an All Pro linebacker. What was this week like for you personally? Um. This week was it's kind of weird. I mean, everyone um, um, being snowed in. I'm from the south, so and I've been here for four years, and this is my first time ever being snowed in. So um, it's kind of it's kind of just different for us. You were okay. Everybody's good. Every yeah. House, everything. Yeah, yeah, everyone's good. It was just it was just different, you know, being snowed in, you know, not being around the guys, you know, being at home alone and stuff like that. So um, I, I got on Call of Duty and played the game with my boys from back home and, and some of my teammates. So um, yeah. How do you get your mind turned around real quick for the Thursday game? Um, I think um, just look at this film, seeing what we can do better, and um, resting your body, taking care of your body tonight. Um, if you got to go to the facility tonight, get, get in a hot tub, cold tub, um, get in a chirotherapy, uh, do do what you need to do to win. Um, that's my mindset every week, and so um, I hope guys – I know that I know guys are going to do that th- uh, this week. That was Tyrell Dodson from the locker room, again brought to you by – Buffalo Laborers Local 210. More of the overtime show coming up on the other side here. Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman, we're hanging out for another hour here on WGR. Welcome in hour two of the overtime show here on WGR. The Bills 31, Browns 23 from Detroit, Michigan. As the Bills get themselves back in the win column, stopping a two-game slide that put them down to third in the AFC East. They get back up to second in the division today with their win coupled with the Jets losing to New England. And (laughs) I feel like I need to make fun of the Jets real quick because, um, man, only 102 total yards on the day, 10 punts, and nine pass completions by Zach Wilson, who had the stones after the game to say when asked, "Do do you feel like you let the defense down? He just went, no. Meanwhile, Josh Allen is out here after playing subpar games and saying, I can't play like that for us to win. And he had more than nine completions in those losses. Being a quarterback is more than just being able to play well. It's about taking ownership if you don't. And that's where Allen gets it, and that's where Zach Wilson doesn't. So, well, that and, of course, actually being able to um, complete a forward pass. That's also an important skill to have in the NFL. The Jets would be a lot more of a serious threat if not for that fact. And yes, I know the Bills lost to the Jets. Um, We don't have to be reminded of that. That one honestly might be more frustrating than the Minnesota loss to me. Because how do you let Zach Wilson look competent? That is probably the biggest crime of the season. It's not the loss to Miami. It's not the... uh, comeback win that the Vikings pulled off in the most hilariously frustrating way possible. No, it's the Jets game. Because that one, there should have been no excuse to make Zach Wilson be able to complete passes. The man misses a check down by like four feet, throwing one over the head of his receiver. And he just looks back over and just, yep. No, I didn't cost the team the game. Okay. I don't, I don't feel like I let the defense down. Are you sure? Okay, Zach. That, that sounds good. 
I appreciate people calling and holding and putting your input in in this one because of the fact that I started off a little PO'd about a game that they won. The thing is that they slept walked their way to 31 points. And yes, they scored 31 points. However, this statement can be true. Ready? For all of you that hate how negative it was to start the show or the a win is a win person, here's your facts. The Bills scored 31 points and controlled the pace of play for most of the second half. But also, they looked like booty cheeks for 30 minutes, and they went 2 of 5 in the red zone. You went there. Both of these statements can be true. It's okay if the team gets some criticism even after a win. Raise your standards or write an open letter. Okay? I'll get the Bills moms to write you a letter that you were upset that I was complaining. Because sometimes you need to be told that it's okay. 8030551888552550. If you're happy, if you're mad, if you're mad at me for being mad about something, about a win, let's let it rip. I'm just mad at you all the time. I mean, that that's because we're friends. Fair. Okay. <laughs> I feel better <laughs> that, already. That's allowed. I'm allowed to make fun of you. You're allowed to make fun of me. Okay. That's just allowed. That's standard fare. Nothing is off the table except for FCC violations. Speaking of, don't do that. Uh, Rob, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome. Hey, guys. What's going on? You know, I I hate to be overly negative here, too, but I'm genuinely concerned about Josh Allen. He was awful for the first 27 minutes of this game today. I think he threw for 56 yards, overthrew receivers, just underthrew receivers. Something looks off. And then you have that drive at the end of the the first half, and you see that throw to Diggs for the touchdown. You know, that's a that's a ten yard ten yard throw where Diggs is wide open. And he's throwing that ball like he's Nolan Ryan. I mean he he's winding up and putting zip on a ball to where I mean this is Josh. I mean Josh doesn't he doesn't have to wind up to put that kind of zip on the ball. There's something wrong with the elbow. And it's concerning because if these receivers aren't going to get separation outside of Diggs, and Diggs ran deep crossers pretty much all day long, I don't see how this offense can be effective without a run game. And they haven't demonstrated consistently that they're able to run the football. That's what's concerning to me. And then for the second straight week, you could really make the argument that Cleveland. Cleveland didn't, I mean, they, they deserve to get beaten this game. 31 points is 31 points. Their defense looks like trash. But at the end of the day, Cleveland ran out of time. We were, we were an onside kick away from something fluky happening, from another idiot not, you know, batting down a ball. And we're going to overtime again. You have to put away teams that are inferior. And you watch the Vikings today, they're getting destroyed by, it's an okay Cowboys team. I mean, you can say it's on the better echelon of good. But when is this team going to start putting away teams that it should put away? That's what, that, I mean, that's what concerns me. And you don't have that killer instinct from Allen right now because physically, I don't think he's up to it. 
Rob, I appreciate the call. Oh, oh, I might have accidentally cut him off there on that last sentence. But, Rob, thank you for the call. There's a lot of points to go over there, and um, I'll start with the last one. Uh, Killer Instinct, I'm not too worried about that one because of the fact that the Bills did control play for most of this second half in this game, and it took everything that Cleveland had in order to even scramble back to even have a chance in this game. Normally, the Bills do put away teams. Normally, they put them to sleep really quickly. And that part lately has not been there. I will say that. It's not an ever thing. It's lately the last couple of games. That said, Allen does look like a guy that sometimes he looks like a guy that could benefit from a week off with the throwing elbow issue. But then again, he goes and laces that end of the end of the first half drive going near perfect on that drive and making sure that they get themselves up and then don't look back. And they did do that for a lot of that second half. So credit is where credit is due. I will say though, that again, the consistency in the run game, you are right about that. They haven't been able to really do that. And this is really the first time that we've seen the ground game be the dominant force and it not even involve Josh Allen. To have 86 yards each from your two running backs in Singletary and Cook today, when's the last time we saw that with a Josh Allen team? 2019? Typically, Allen's even the one leading the team in rushing yards. Not only, not only today, though, was just, hey, that's how it is. But this was a great complimentary game offensively between the 20s you still need to finish your drives and I'm going to hammer on that I'm going to stay on that that's going to be my main issue with Ken Dorsey going in to the rest of this season is can you solve this red zone issue because you're in the bottom third of the league in touchdown conversions in the red zone a team like this you shouldn't have that Some of it is on some of the players, but some of this is on scheming and play calling. We'll see what we get. 803-0551-888-552-550. We leap to Kevin. Kevin, you're on the Overtime Show. Welcome. Oh, hey, it's nice to be on. Hey, um, the first thing I wanted to talk about is that um, I guess it would be a question or sort of a statement slash question. Um, What happened today? that should make me feel any better about my offensive coordinator than I did two weeks ago. Mm -hmm. I don't have that clean answer for you right now, unfortunately. But you Uh, know why? Because because there is none. mm -hmm. Because there is none. I am really worried that this guy is just in above his head. And that may be overreactionary and everything, but, you know, and and, and I don't blame him for, like, Mm -hmm. interceptions and all that. But today was six field goals and two touchdowns. Seriously? Seriously? Yeah. And Kevin, I appreciate the uh I appreciate the call and the sentiment there. Like you need to you need it to be better. And <sighs> Denver just lost. <laughs> but you need to be better. This is an offense that had an MVP candidate fall out of MVP consideration over the last few games. And you you have a team that has been frustrating with the red zone. You need to be better than that. 
And yes, I know how entitled that may sound for a fan base that's never won anything. Blah, 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 blah. But you're never, don't ever just be satisfied with good enough. You sure as heck should know that that locker room's probably saying the same thing. We got to be better in the red zone. And that's what this is it. That's what this point is. You have to be better in the red zone if you're the Bills. Because that's how you put teams away more consistently. That's how this all goes. 803-0551-888-552-550. Do we even really use the toll-free line anymore? Is that a thing? I know we say it all the time. Who knows? But we'll bounce back at it. Jerry, welcome to the Overtime Show. Hey, guys. What's going on today? I've calmed down a bit, but, you know, I'm still I'm still hammering a point home about championship aspirations. Listen, this is the point I want to make, all right? We're sitting at 7-3. and three. It's November 20th. When did Bills fans become so spoiled that they can't just – they can't even be happy with a win anymore? Five years ago, if we were 7-3, and three, the whole city would be burning down downtown. Jerry, let me uh... – The expectations get so crazy. Uh, let me go a little tit for tat with this on uh, on it for you because I, I'm going to appreciate a little back and forth. My issue here, and with a lot of fans, is going to be that this team has proven to be on the trend up. They are no longer just a playoff team; they're a team that has legitimate Super Bowl aspirations. So why not try to expect that too when they have one of the best rosters in the league? They have one of the best players in the league. Why not aim hey, for higher? I, I, I agree with that. Listen, we have a great roster. We have a great quarterback. But, again, why are we getting so down on this team? I, I just don't understand it. I understand there's some questionable play calling. They're, they're, they're like learning curves, you know? Yeah, I don't know. Let's just, let's just get to the playoffs, and we'll see what happens from there. Jerry, I appreciate it. And uh, I think the last thing I'll say uh, with you on this is that I, I might have said it in a wrong energy to start the show, for example, but it is about wanting better for this team and expecting better for a great team. So, But doesn't everybody want better for this team? Of course we do. Yes. But at the end of the day, if you lose, it's any given Sunday. This is the NFL. You lose the teams, you win. Yep. You know? They it's, lost to the f- what? dang Jets. <laughs> I get it, man. The Jets lost today. We'll see what happens. We're second in place in the division, and don't forget, Miami and the Jets both still got to come here in December. So Exactly. So you are right, Jerry, and I appreciate the back and forth because uh, it's the first call that we've had that really had, like, it, we've been able to have this kind of back and forth. And, again, I'm just here wanting to raise the standard, and that is something that I've been of this mindset even entering the preseason, which was just get me to January because that's when it's really going to matter. And part of that was a little ignorant because of the fact that you do need to evaluate where this team is week in and week out. I'm just thinking, I, I'm, I'm still in that mindset, though, of January, of what this would do. Would this be good enough in January against a playoff team, not against the Cleveland Browns? And the answer is, I don't know. And if I'm uncertain, then, man, sometimes it's cathartic. That's the other thing. Let's be real. If you have a frustration, sometimes it's just cathartic to get it off your chest. And that's okay, too. 
Before we take more calls, I want to remind everyone that tomorrow on WGR is a Buffalo Bills football Monday presented by Northwest Bank. For what's next, get started at northwest.com. Howard and Jeremy will break the game down with you in the morning. Then in the Extra Point show, it's Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live at noon with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker. Chopin Bulldog carry it from the rest of the way, 3 p.m. Eric Wood joins them at 4 o'clock. Then at 8 o'clock, it's Monday Night Football with Westwood One presenting the 49ers and the Cardinals. Buffalo Bills football Monday all day tomorrow is on the home of the Buffalo Bills. WGR Sports Radio 550. So, um, real quick, I'll, I'll piggyback a little bit more on Jerry's, uh, Jerry's sentiments because there was another team that came into the season with some high expectations to challenge in the AFC West. That was the Denver Broncos. The Denver Broncos have lost again, by the way, uh, dropping to 3-7 and seven, and actually even just losing to uh, their division rival in the Raiders, who now have the same record. So it could be worse. You could be a contender that fell flat on their face, like the Broncos or the Green Bay Packers. Their season's all but over at this point. And Aaron Rodgers has looked terrible, and they, he got an extension. Russell Wilson got a boatload of money, and, this, and he's awful. So, yes, I will agree. It could be worse. Uh, but I also know that the difference is that they also show that they're world-enders. They also show that they can dominate teams on a regular basis. And then they stop doing it. And that gets the rage pent up in you a little bit, and you need to let it out sometimes. And I know a lot of callers have been doing the same thing here today. So that's where we're at. We'll keep on that. We hop over to Chance on the Overtime Show. Chance, how you doing? Good. It could always be worse. I'm watching Kenny Pickett, and he is <laughs> awful. And we could be, we could have Zach Wilson, and he is <laughs> awful. Yeah. But my main thing is we have a wide receiver problem, not named Stephon Diggs. Gabe Davis, his, I don't know what's happened to him. I've heard some things of how he catches the ball, clapping it. Another huge drop. Um, not getting his foot inbounds that one play. He could have got it in if he tried hard enough. I mean, you see great receivers do it. I'll put it that way. And McKenzie, he's just he he's not a, a starting slot receiver. He is just not. Going back to the L.A. game where he got the ball ripped out, I mean, there's probably been at least seven plays that's caused touchdowns or maybe – cause punts or, you know, uh, you know, turnovers, you know, that's a real issue. And I'm really concerned about that because if Gabe Davis does not figure this out and it's not looking good about the whole Dell thing, I guess Giants and Dallas are the favorites. That's a real big problem. And one last point, Tredavious White is healthy. He's got to come back. This whole mental thing, I don't get it. You're paid big bucks to play. You are paid huge bucks to play. You got to play if you're healthy. Other guys are out there playing, risking their butt. And if it's a year and three days, it'll be one full year. You got to play, man. That's what your job. I can't not play if I get injured and I'm healthy. I mean, I, I have a job. I have to do it. It just is baffling to me. It's not right to me. And it's almost like you're letting your teammates down. It's almost a disrespect. If you don't want to play in the league no more, retire. I mean, but you, you, you're taking up a roster spot. You're taking up cap space. Get out there. Thanks for taking the call. Chance, a, a lot of things there, and I'll get to the white one last. Uh, Beckham, let's wait and see, because Ian Rappaport is not really who I'm turning to first on this sort of thing. Uh, yeah, I think that other teams could have emerged as the favorites, but 
Now the Bills are in less of a position of uh, negotiation where they can have the contract exactly how they want it. They're also in a cap issue. That said, I would believe that there's still genuine interest, especially with the depth chart looking at how it does. Davis has been underwhelming. McKenzie has been underwhelming. This team would have really liked to see Jameson Crowder out in the slot, and unfortunately they have not been able to get that. Bad luck, and the injury happens. Now for Trey White. Who says anything about it being mental? Are we sure this is about a willingness to play the game? Because that sounds like a mighty assumption. It may be processing the speed of the game again. Because he's been out for a whole year. Think about this. Training camp is typically six weeks long. Tredavious White, since being put onto the... uh, Since being eligible to practice, it has been about six weeks. This could be about speed of the game. This also could be about not playing him on crappy turf that blew his knee out in the first place. Sean McDermott is being very coy about this status, and I understand why. To accuse a player of being mentally checked out when they are returning to practice, miss me with that, please. I cannot hear that. Because I know that that's not the case. Because if if it was, like you said, he would retire. He wants to come back, and I think it could be a processing thing, making sure you're up to the speed of the game, or it could be the Bills protecting him from terrible playing surfaces like MetLife and like Ford Field. Because it's the same exact surface that is in the Superdome that led to that injury. Keep him away from it. I'm perfectly cool with that. Because you have an MVP caliber quarterback and he needs to play like it. You have a great offense and they need to keep it up. Does it hurt the team that he's not there? Absolutely. But I am not going to be able to call out the mental toughness of a player that wants to fight and get back into the lineup. Because we don't know that answer and I'm not going to assume that. All right. We get through this one, and you know what? Let's go back to the locker room. I think we'll uh, we'll hear from Jordan Phillips on this one here as we get through this. We go live to the locker room to hear from Jordan Phillips. It's brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210. Jordan Phillips from the locker room. What do you mean? When you take a look at that you know that that's a, a tendency that they have. Uh, yeah, I mean, you know what's coming. Just... Uh, Try to make the play. That's a tough play to stop, but we've been able to do it a couple weeks in a row now. So, I guess can you practice that play? Uh, not really. Nobody really wants to practice that play. It's just it is what it is. It's a man against man, and whoever's you know dominant on that play is going to win that snap. Jordan, why were you guys so successful against Nick Chubb today? Uh, what was it? Was it Jets game? I guess it started in the Packers game. Packers game. They started running after that. The Jets, and then. We had them last week, balled it up, and then they hit one big run. And then you hear about Nick Chubb and all of them, you know. You just got to stop the run. And their numbers show if they, if they don't rush very good, they're not, you know, they don't win games. So the coaches pretty much put it on us to stop the run, and we won the game. You were just talking about Matt and the great game he played and saying defensive player of the year. 
What, what, what has been about Matt that's made him so special this year? Can you describe the way he's been playing? It's not just this game. It's every game. He makes a big play. He, makes, he doesn't miss tackles, and interceptions, touchdowns, you name it. You can't tell me anybody that's playing better defensive football than Matt Milano. He's consistent. Uh, he's a leader. Uh, you can count on him every week. Who's, you know, tell me who plays better. What does it do for your defense when you got a guy like that who can kind of set the tone or come up with the play when you need it? Uh, it's everything. I mean, the week that we didn't have him, we missed him. Uh, but his, the, just his presence out there, you know, if the ball's in the air, there's a chance he's going to get it. I don't know how he didn't get the one I batted for some reason, but it is what it is. But uh, whatever. But, yeah, Matt's a dog. I think he, I really do. I think he's the best defensive player in the, in the league. Like, it's not even close. All right, that is Jordan Phillips from the locker room again, brought to you by Buffalo Laborers Local 210. More of the overtime show coming up on the other side. You're listening to WGR. Allen puts McKenzie in motion over the right side. Now the snap. Josh wants to throw. Scans the end zone. Fires him in. Don't get a man wide open. It is caught. Touchdown, Buffalo. Touchdown, Bills. They take the lead with 14 seconds left in the first half. the snap, hands it off, Devin Singletary cuts right, goes back left, into the end zone, touchdown Buffalo! A five-yard touchdown run by Motor! Takes a shotgun snap, pocket collapsing, he is dropped, he is sacked back around the 18-yard line. He is brought down back there by Matt Milano, the defensive star of the game so far. Be sure to catch Sal Capaccio as he takes you behind the scenes on Bill's Game Day with Sal's All Access Facebook Live on WGR's Facebook page. It's brought to you by Duncan. America runs on Duncan. A trio of highlights from you there. A couple of the touchdowns from, uh, hey, again, got to give it to him sometimes. When uh, they actually mix the run in, it helps the red zone offense. And Devin Singletary was able to get himself a touchdown. Impressive game from both Singletary and James Cook. And then, of course, Matt Milano. As Murph said in the highlight, defensive player of the game. Yeah, that was probably the case. And on that sack, he just came in unblocked. Brissett saw Taron Johnson, stepped up, and then smacking the backside. That was Milano, just cleaning it up. And got to love how these things go. This is the Overtime Show. Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman, we're here with you for another 20 minutes or so. But you know what? That's how we do. And this has been... Again, you could be angry at the performance today, but at the same time, happy about the fact that they got back in the win column and did it on, on some tough circumstances. There's something else that we have to factor into this. They sleptwalked their way to 31 points, and it wasn't in the greatest of circumstances. It was not an easy task for them to have the game moved they only got one real practice in because remember on Thursday there were a bunch of illnesses. But this team did get through it. They clawed their way through there and as sometimes uninspiring as they look in the red zone, that's a consistency thing that has been happening all year. Uh, you don't get to 50% in red zone percentage with that not being a trend. Um, but again, they still despite a slow start to the first half, we're able to control play despite everything. So you got to give them credit where it is due there too. And that's what great teams do is they overcome the problems. That's why you're allowed to raise the standard. 
Scott, you've been waiting patiently to get on the overtime show. I apologize for taking too long, but here you go. Welcome. Hey, hey, no issues at all. Actually, on my way back, driving back from the game today. Nice. And um, have nothing, have nothing but time. Um, but the first thing I want to do is a shout out to Bills Mafia. I mean, I don't know what it looked like on TV, but I would tell you that game today was probably eighty twenty, if not ninety ten, with with Bills fans, and that was a big deal. And for everything that went on this week and to, to put up that show, I just think that a fan base should be applauded. Um, and it was really cool because it was like a home game out of the Wizard Stadium. They brought all the music and the fanfare and everything else was there. So that was pretty cool. Um, the second thing, and you just alluded to it, was I think that we get a little bit hung up, especially with today, with what went on all of last week. I mean, A, they didn't get the reps in that they, that they normally do would do. There was a lot of things just going on from a mental preparation standpoint that just that, that made it really hard. So I was not going to be surprised today that they did not or would not struggle a little bit because of that. Um, the one thing that did kind of rear it to today was Gabe, and I still think, I personally think, especially after that first drop in the first half there, I don't think his ankles are right yet. And I think that he is he is still gimpy. And... Um, I think a lot of these guys are playing through some things right now that we don't even hear about, don't even talk about, don't even see, and they just do. And I am definitely not going to get down on it. I've been following Josh since he was at Wyoming, and um, the kid is a rock star, and he will be just fine. He's finding his way again. He's had everybody in his ear about what he's done wrong and what he had to do. So today you would have kind of expected he was going to hit checkdowns. That's just what you would expect, especially after the short week that they had. Um, that'll come around. He'll be back to the same old Josh. I don't worry about that. Get himself healed up a little bit more. He plays a lot of through, plays through a lot of things that we don't even talk about, or we don't see or hear about. And um, he's always done that. A tough kid, and I just I'm fully a believer in these this team. Get some everybody back and kind of get them back into some wholeness and continuity. Today we didn't have Edmonds. I mean that would have made a difference today. Um, so I just think that if we can get through this next week and um, get some of these guys back. We're going to be just fine. And I think that's where we're at. Scott, I appreciate the uh, call. And um, the first thing that you said, by the way, you have nothing but time. Uh, just, a, just a simple reminder to everyone. Thanks for spending your time with us. You know, you can be listening to anything, and um, I'm always going to be grateful uh, that someone's listening to me being a blowhard about, uh, about issues with the team, despite a win. So I do appreciate that from everybody. Uh, the caller engagement was awesome today. So, like you just said, hats off to the hats off to the fan base. They travel well, and they showed it again here, despite some crazy circumstances. And of course, I hope everybody is doing well after the insane weekend that we had. I will say again, I, I I'd already made mention of it, but the thing is, like, yeah, it's a tough week to get through, uh, preparation wise, and you're doing literally the same thing now. Uh, when you're getting ready for Thursday. It's right around the corner. It's right there. So they're getting the same amount of practice reps in for a short week again. I'm not going to say that you're not used to it, but, you know, I mean, you just did it. So I'm not overly concerned about Detroit. Yeah, they've won three games in a row, but guess what? I expect better from this team. I expect more from this team, and I'm not scared to say it. And you shouldn't be either. 
So thank you guys, uh, everyone that has uh, called in today. I appreciate everyone that, uh, that we've had a chance to talk to today. That said, we'll go to the locker room uh, in the next segment. We'll be able to hear from Jordan Poirier to be able to close everything out. This has been the Overtime Show. Derek Kramer, TJ Luckman, we bring it home from the locker room next on WGR. Bills, 31, Browns, 23. As the team gets back in the win column, let's take a look at the quarterback. How did Josh Allen do today? Eye on the quarterback. It's brought to you by Great Lakes Building Systems. We'll keep an eye on your business so you don't have to. Great Lakes Building Systems. Our business is protecting your business. Josh Allen, 18 of 27, 197 yards passing today. He had the passing touchdown to Stephon Diggs. And only three carries for seven rushing yards. It's a it's a quiet, efficient day as the Bills chalked up 171 total rushing yards today. And they would have had 180 rushing yards if not for uh, Naeem Hines on that reverse getting tackled for uh, an eight-yard loss. So very good play, very good game all around from this team when it comes to complementary football. Uh, unfortunately, the red zone, they were 2 of 5 for the afternoon. All right, so we're going to go to the locker room. But before we do that, i got to mention one more time tomorrow on WGR. It's a Buffalo Bills football Monday. TJ, get excited. It's presented by Northwest Bank for what's next. Get started at Northwest.com. Howard and Jeremy break the game down with you in the morning. Then it's the Extra Point Show with Sal Capaccio from 10 to noon, followed by One Bills Live with Chris Brown and Steve Tasker starting at noon. Then Chopin Bulldog carry you through with 3 p.m. starting with their show. Former Bill Eric Wood drops in at 4. Then then at 8 o'clock, Monday Night Football, it's Westwood One presenting the 49ers and the Cardinals. Buffalo Bills football Monday all day tomorrow on the voice on the home of the Bills. Wow, I'm having a great time. WGR Sports Radio 550. I, I've been here since 6 a.m., and it shows. So let's go live to the locker room and let Jordan Poyer take it away from here. Uh, this is brought to you by... Buffalo Laborers, Local 210, the Bill Safety, Jordan Poyer, being back in the lineup. I feel great. I feel good to get out there and play a game with my teammates, uh, my team, and, and get a victory. Um, some things we can correct, some things we can get better. Uh, got a short week. Uh, put this one to bed real quick and, and come back here for Detroit on Thursday. Oh, man, my snow story. Shout out to my neighborhood. My neighborhood was super awesome. We were out shoveling for about two hours. The whole neighborhood came out and started helping me shovel my stuff. And um, I just had a cool, really cool experience. It's my first time really getting stuck in the snow, and I had to make a little path to my car. The whole neighborhood came out, like I said, and was helping out. So it was pretty cool. Um, it was fun. My, my, my daughter loves playing in the snow all the time, so I don't like it as much, but she loves it. I asked something similar, and I know this is your first game back, and you guys were on a two-game losing streak, but when you know what you had to go through just to get here, is it extra motivation at all? Uh, I mean, you know, adversity builds character. Um, you know, obviously with the circumstances, you know, it kind of is what it is at that point. You just learn how to deal with it. You know, I think we've been through a lot of different kinds of adversity over the years and, and have figured out ways to handle it. And, you know, our team did a great job. Uh, leaders stepped up and, and got the guys ready. Coaches did a great job of getting us prepared to play. And, uh, like I said, it felt good to come out here with a win. Reflect on the unique atmosphere it was, uh, Browns, Bills in Detroit with fans from both teams. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't hear too much Browns fans. I heard Bills fans all over the place. Uh, you know, I'm just playing it. But it was, it was cool. It was a cool atmosphere. You know, I heard, I think, last night 56,000 tickets sold to Bills fans, um, which is 
you know, absolutely crazy. I don't care how much they're selling tickets for. So, um, like I said, it was cool to get a victory, you know, with our home fans here. Um, and, uh, you know, we'll, we'll enjoy the flight home and bounce back, come back on Thursday. You've done everything to get back on the field, but you've had to miss a few. When you miss, and it's the way the game went, say, last week, and then getting back out on the field, even with the craziness, what was it like for you to step back out there with your teammates? Yeah, you know, it's, it's always hard watching, uh, especially when you – you know, all you can kind of do is coach, um, help help the other guys, and you know, tell them what you see. Um, you know, I love this game. I love my teammates. I love playing. Um, I love playing in the NFL, uh, and and I I extremely just enjoy the process. Uh, you know, leading up into the game. Um, the game is just, it's game day. You know, it's it's what you what you live for, what you play for, and you just get to go out there and have fun and play with your teammates and. Sometimes you win, sometimes you lose. You, know, you learn to bounce back and, and you move forward. And you know, we won today. We'll learn from it and move on. Seemed like got a little chippy out there sometimes today. Did you experience any of that? I think the NFL is chippy every week. Uh, you know, I think you know you got two teams that are trying to win a football game. You know, things are going to get chippy. Things are going to get heated. Um, shout out to guys on our team for for holding their holding their heads. You know, I'm sure certain situations you could have probably thrown one more shove or done this or that. But you know. Uh, very good discipline team today. Um, you know, like I said, some things we can clean up, especially on defense. You know, we got to figure out a way to get off the field in those last last two drives. Um, you know, and and not give up those points. But you know, we're learning from it. Um, got a lot of ball left. You know, seven seven games left in the regular season, and you know, we want to take one at a time. Um, coming here to Detroit. For me, I've been in the league 10 years. It's probably my sixth time playing here. So, you know, I enjoy coming to Detroit. It's awesome, you know, especially when you get to play indoors. Um, it's a little bit more warmer. Uh, but, you know, I, I think what coaches and, and Bean and the organization did as far as, you know, getting us here, getting us in the locker room that we're going to be in on Thursday, I think we're on the same sideline. So we're able to visualize and, and you know, kind of see us as we leave out of here, what it's going to be like when we come back in a couple of days. So, um like I said, we'll learn from this from this victory and and move on um, and come back ready to play on Thursday. Two straight losses, your team reeling a little bit. How much did it mean to you to get back out there this week, fight through some injury, and and help your team? Yeah, I mean, it just kind of seems like I just been fighting through nicks and knacks all season. Um, but I really wanted to to get back out there with my team as soon as I could. Um, try to help our team win football games, and you know, I love these guys. I love the guys that I'm playing with, um, and, and really, I. Just trying my hardest to stay on the field. You know, it's been kind of frustrating up and down. I know I missed a couple of games, but um, you know, just trying to stay on the field as much as I can to help our team win football games. Thanks, Thanks guys. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai. There's joy in every journey. 
We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month without a pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. 